Last week, we talked about Slenderman. If you remember, we talked about how he liked to stalk his victims, drive them mentally insane because it made for an easier kill. Was that the case with Morgan? Today, we're going to talk about the Slenderman stabbings. Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Lulu, and how's everybody's week been? Mine's been really normal. It's finally starting to warm up where I live, and it's been so nice. I've been spending every single day outside, and it has been great. We also have some new parts for my computer that we're going to put in to hopefully save it from just breaking all the time. So cross our fingers, that helps. And I also have not figured out this new audio thing that I have, um, audio interface. That's the word that I was looking for. If I can't figure it out, I'm just going to switch my husband and take his older one that I know how to use because this one might just be too high tech for me. I'm not sure. But anyways, I don't really have anything new for you. So that just means we can jump right into today's case. Now, if you remember last week, we talked about Slenderman. He was kind of a creepy pasta. We're a little unsure as to where he officially started, like the stories of him, but it does look like they started on the internet, and that's why he is kind of considered a creepy pasta. Either way, I'm going to give you a very quick rundown of Slenderman just as kind of a refresher. If you did not listen to last week's episode, I recommend going and listening to it. It's going to make a little more sense as to how it correlates with today's episode. But Slenderman is just this really, really tall man-like thing. We are unsure if he was actually a man or if he is, you know, some sort of demon. A lot of us lean more towards the fact that he is a demon. He wears, like, a black suit. Um, He can teleport. Oftentimes, he does not have a face. And he likes to hunt children to young adults. The way that he hunts is a little different from story to story. Um, A lot of people believe that he will stalk the victim and then kidnap them. Some people talk about how he stalks the victim, kidnaps them, and then, like, stabs them through, like, a tree. Um, Anyways, all of that information is going to be in last week's episode. And I thought that because we talked about Slenderman last week, it would be really fun to talk about the Slenderman stabbings this week. Now, this is more of a known case. It's a little bit more popular just because it was so crazy to think that somebody could be stabbed over basically a creepypasta in real life. So it's very likely that you're going to have heard this before or some things, you know, some of these facts before. Um, But yeah, just so you know, before we get too far into what happened, let's talk about the three girls who were involved in these stabbings. The first one we're going to talk about is Morgan Geyser. I hope I'm saying her last name right. Morgan was born on May 16th, 2002. Now, her childhood seemed to start pretty normal. She would meet um, a girl named Peyton, and we will talk about Peyton shortly. These two would meet in the fourth grade, and they would become really good friends really quickly. 
But Peyton realized very quickly as Morgan got older, she sort of started to change. Morgan would begin to experience hallucinations here and there. At first, Morgan did believe that these were just ghosts that she was seeing, and then she started to see colors melting down the walls and started to have some pretty extreme imaginary friends that she was convinced were not imaginary. What's interesting about these imaginary friends is there was one in particular that was a very, very tall man. Morgan, when she was young, would explain this man as very, very tall with a gray body. This man would stand behind corners or watch her through mirrors. So this imaginary friend never really came up to her. He more like stood there and watched her. What's very interesting about this is before the whole Slenderman thing happened, this imaginary friend in particular does sound a lot like Slenderman. Very, very tall. Normally Slenderman is depicted as a white figure or very, very light skin toned, but it is entirely possible that he could be gray or looked gray out of the corner of your eye if you were seeing him. Slenderman also liked to, you know, he likes to stand in fields and whatever, but when he would stalk his victims, he liked to stand behind things so you could barely see him. So to me, that's very interesting that before she even knew who Slenderman was, she was already seeing a creature or a thing that was very similar to Slenderman. Now let's talk about Peyton. Peyton Leitner, I hope that I'm saying her last name right, was born on January 1st, 2002. Now I can't find much about Peyton. I couldn't really find much about Morgan either. Really a lot of these childhoods were very difficult to find because these stabbings did happen when they were children. So a lot of things were kept, you know, under wraps and private. Um, I did find that she befriended Morgan, like we talked about earlier in the fourth grade. She would befriend Morgan because Morgan was sitting alone one day and Peyton, having a big heart, didn't feel like anybody should be sitting alone. So she would sit with Morgan and that is how their friendship began. Now, this friendship, like I said, was really good for a while, thrived. Then Anissa would come into the picture. She is going to be the third girl that we talk about in just a moment. Now, Anissa and Peyton did not get along very well. Anissa did become really good friends with Morgan, and so Peyton was sort of forced to try to get along with Anissa, but they, they did not get along. At that point in time, Peyton did not want to cut Morgan out of her life because of Anissa, so she really tried her hardest to get along with Anissa, and the three of them would hang out and try to get along. Then suddenly in the sixth grade, Morgan became obsessed with suicide and death. On top of this, she would begin to carry around a hammer and talk about how she would use it as a weapon. And this really just struck a nerve with Peyton. Now Peyton didn't want to continue being friends, so she would begin to distance herself. Before I get too far, let's talk about Anissa. I really hope that I'm also saying her name right. Um, I looked it up. That's how it says you should pronounce it. 
My brain keeps wanting to call her Alyssa, and I, I don't know why, so maybe that's what's throwing me off. Now, the only thing that I could find about Anissa was that Anissa Wire was born on November 10th, 2001, and that's it. The media mostly focused on Morgan, um, and I could not find anything about Anissa. All I did find was the same thing that I just told you about Peyton, how Anissa and Peyton did not get along, and Anissa was probably a little relieved when Peyton began to distance herself between the friend group. It is very likely that this distancing could have been something that set Morgan off. Um, as you can already tell, Morgan did not have a very stable mindset. So with one of her friends taking some steps back, that really could have rocked her world. For some reason or another, Anissa and Morgan began to conspire together. I'm unsure as to whose idea it was. They wanted to really get rid of Peyton. They were very mad at Peyton for some reason, and it is likely it's because Peyton began to step away from the friend group because she felt uncomfortable. During this time too, Morgan would also tell Anissa and share stories about how Slenderman was a real being. She informed Anissa that Slenderman had been coming to her and seeing her for years, and he's finally began to speak to her. Slenderman wanted Morgan and Anissa to come and live with it at its home. Morgan informed Anissa that the only thing that they would need is a child sacrifice, basically, to Slenderman in order to go and live there and be protected by Slenderman. Just like we talked about in last week's episode, Slenderman did prey on all ages, really, but he did like to abduct children and kill them. So having a child sacrifice given to him didn't sound out of the ordinary for the Slenderman lore. Morgan also informed Anissa that Slenderman would be granting them safety if they gave him someone. And it's likely because Morgan was possibly upset with Peyton for stepping away That's the reason they began to think of Peyton as the child sacrifice to Slenderman. The other catch to this, Morgan would inform Anissa, is if they did not comply and give Slenderman a child and get their safety and go live with him, he was going to kill their entire family, both of their families, and leave the two of them alive to suffer. So they had no choice. Peyton was the perfect target. Now, Morgan and Anissa did not really hide this that much. They would speak about it openly in public, but they did change a couple of words here and there, so it sounded like they were talking in code almost. But I'm going to be honest, you guys, it still probably was very obvious what they were talking about. They would replace words like kill to itch, And when they would talk about a knife, they would use the word cracker. They did this so nobody could really understand them, but I'm going to give you guys a little example here. If you were just walking down the street and you heard somebody say, I can't wait to itch Peyton with a cracker tonight. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that is, you definitely can tell that they're talking about something not great. Um, 
I could see how it could sound like a sexual thing, but these are children. So I, yeah, I don't think that this was very much of a code and I just don't think anybody really paid attention to them. These girls had ran through so many different ways to sacrifice Peyton to Slenderman and they settled on one. The original plan was to go out roller skating for one of their birthdays and invite Peyton over. Once they were done roller skating, they would take her out and duct tape her mouth shut and begin to stab her repeatedly in the neck with a knife until she died. They actually began to act out this original plan. The birthday party would come up, they would invite Peyton out to roller skate, and they would take her out roller skating with them. But by the time they finished roller skating, they decided they were too tired to act out the murder and to just have a normal sleepover and figure it out later. They did invite Peyton to stay over, and she did. Peyton narrowly avoided getting murdered that night. But that didn't save her. Because the sun would rise the next morning after the sleepover, and the two girls, Morgan and Anissa, knew that they had to do it, or Slenderman was going to murder their entire families. On May 31st, 2014, they proposed the idea of going to the local park and hanging out. This park was called David's Park, and they all, the three of them, would go there together and begin to hang around. At one point, Peyton decided to go into the bathroom, and Morgan and Anissa would follow her. In this bathroom, Anissa would grab Peyton's head and hit it against the wall in an attempt to knock her unconscious. This did not work, and it just pissed Peyton off. Peyton turned around and yelled at the girls and stormed out, basically. The reason they did this was because they knew it would be much easier to kill Peyton if she was unconscious, and they were attempting to do this the easiest way possible. They also intended to use the drain in the bathroom in order to drain all of the blood from her body after stabbing her. But luckily, they didn't hit her head against the wall hard enough and Peyton did not lose consciousness. I say luckily, but really. And I know what a lot of you are probably saying. At this point, why didn't Peyton leave? They're young, you guys. Peyton was distancing herself, yes, but they were still her friends. And she just assumed they were probably being jerks or trying to play a joke. And so Peyton stayed. She decided to trust them. They should have been her friends. They then had the idea to go into the woods and play hide and seek. And Peyton followed them into the woods. Anissa would tell Peyton she needed to lay on the forest ground and pile leaves over herself in order to hide. And Peyton began to do this. She began scooping leaves after leaves, piles after piles over her body to hide herself. But of course, neither of the girls actually intended to play hide and seek. And they waited until Peyton was almost all the way covered before they would attempt to hit her in the head again to knock her out. Anissa unsuccessfully attempted to knock her out a second time 
and by this point, Peyton probably attempted to get up, but it was too late. His Morgan pulled out the five-inch-long kitchen knife that she had brought with her. Morgan began to stab Peyton over and over again as she was buried and covered in these leaves. Anissa would just stand there and watch as these two girls struggled. Morgan was literally cutting through every part of Peyton that she could get to. Her arms, her legs, her torso. She sliced through Peyton's liver and her stomach. You guys, Morgan was only centimeters from hitting Peyton's heart and killing her. By the time it was over, Peyton would be stabbed 19 times by Morgan. Peyton was lying still with these leaves covering her, but she was still very clearly alive. She would look at Morgan and say the words, I trusted you. And then she followed this with an, I hate you. Morgan and Anissa were sure that Peyton was going to die. They stood up, gathered themselves, and told Peyton they were going to get help, and walked off, leaving her to die alone in the woods. Remember, you guys, these girls were like 13. They were little. And Peyton laid there alone, bleeding to death. Now, Peyton was a little gullible. She did go into the woods with girls that tried to knock her out already, but she wasn't going to fall for it again. She wasn't that gullible. She could not believe that these girls had the audacity to stab her and then tell her they were going to get help. So Peyton, when they were gone, mustered up all of the strength that she could manage and crawled out of the woods in an attempt to get help. Meanwhile, Morgan and Anissa would begin their travels to meet Slenderman at his home. Slenderman's home was located in a forest about 200 miles away from where they left Peyton. So this was a pretty long journey and they were just walking it. By the time they arrived at Slenderman's house, Peyton should have been dead and should have been a perfect sacrifice. So it gave them the perfect amount of time. But instead of lying in the field and dying, Peyton ended up crawling to a field of grass. And that's when her body gave out and she couldn't go any further. But a cyclist actually came across her while she was still alive. And this cyclist got her the help she needed within seconds of her life. Because Peyton was found so quickly, she was able to tell the police what happened, who did it, and it only took the authorities five hours to find Morgan and Anissa. They were only five miles away from where they had left Peyton. When the authorities picked them up, they basically pled guilty right away. They admitted to what they did and they still had the weapon with them. So it was very clear it was them. Both of these girls did ask the authorities if Peyton had died. They really didn't care either way, but they just wanted to know if they had succeeded in sacrificing her to Slenderman or not. Even though they had the victim, Peyton, in the hospital healing, both of the girls who did it, Morgan and Anissa, 
that doesn't mean that their job is over. The authorities would travel to their homes to do a little bit of an investigation before they tried to hold anybody responsible. I don't know if they found anything in Anissa's room. Like I said, everybody highly focused on Morgan through this entire situation, so I really only know what they found in hers. In Morgan's room, they found multiple pictures of Slenderman everywhere. There was also mutilated dolls. When they sat down to go through her search history, they found a number of things like how to get away with murder and what kind of insane am I? And then during an interview with Morgan, she would tell the police that the people you trust the most become very gullible and it was sort of sad. Basically meaning that that was probably one reason she picked Peyton because she knew Peyton would trust her. And that's why she was going to kill Peyton. Not only did Morgan not show any empathy at all when she talked about what happened, her thought process, any of it, she also openly admitted to the authorities that she thought she would have felt something while stabbing Peyton, but she didn't feel anything at all. Anissa, on the other hand, told the authorities that she felt guilty for the stabbing of Peyton, even though she was not the one who stabbed Peyton. She did say even though she felt guilty for the stabbings, she knew they had to do it to please Slenderman. When they would prod Morgan about Slenderman a little bit more, she would confess that she did talk to him, that he visited her often and was still visiting her even in custody. When they pushed a little farther, she would also tell them that she telepathically communicated with other fictional characters, like Severus Snape, Harry Potter, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All of this is a warning flag, a red flag, to the authorities. Like I said, right away, both girls pled guilty, not only to when they got picked up to the authorities, but when they really needed to. They knew there was no hiding it. Now in Wisconsin, there is a law that if a child is over 10 years old, they can be tried as an adult in any attempted murder cases. And even though they both pled not guilty by reason of insanity, so they pled guilty for doing it, like they openly admitted it, but they claimed that the reason they did it was because they were insane, so they weren't guilty, they would both still be charged like adults. The authorities attempted to charge both of them with first-degree intentional homicide because it was very clear that both girls had planned this for a long period of time and it was not a spur-of-the-moment thing. During all of the court hearings and everything, they would finally hand Morgan her official diagnosis. Morgan was diagnosed with schizophrenia of the psychotic spectrum disorder. Childhood schizophrenia, which her father actually suffered from as well. And once everything was said and done, and find Morgan guilty and sentence her to 40 years in a mental institution. Anissa, it seemed like she was the one who had planned everything. Morgan was the one that was obsessed with Slenderman and said they had to do it. But Anissa was the one that planned the steps. At least that's what the media played it out like. 
it was. Which is also interesting that nobody really paid any attention to Anissa in the media, but only Morgan. And it's probably because Morgan was the one that believed full-heartedly Slenderman was real. But either way, Anissa would be handed 25 years in a mental institution. She did get released after seven years, but she does have to follow some very, very strict rules like constant monitoring until she turns 37. She has to live with her father and she has to continue all of her psychiatric treatments. She also is not allowed to have any social media. Peyton survived the Slenderman stabbings because she decided to crawl out of the forest and not trust that they were going to get help that day. Was Morgan really just experiencing early onset schizophrenia, childhood schizophrenia? Or was Slenderman stalking Morgan from a very, very young age, slowly driving her insane, driving her to her breaking point? I'm so glad that Peyton had the strength to drag herself to get help after being stabbed so many times at such a young age because she would have died alone in the woods if she hadn't. Now remember what I said last week, that if you talk about Slenderman, it's like you're calling out to him. So if Slenderman was stalking Morgan, be very, very careful and watch over your shoulder, because hopefully Slenderman hasn't chosen to stalk you next. false or misleading information throughout this podcast. All facts have been researched to the best of my abilities, but accidents do happen. If this is a story you are interested in knowing more about, I highly recommend doing your own research. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.